0: Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, welcome to this Pentecost meditation novena. My name is Father Jason Brooks, and I'm coming to you from Clarkston, Michigan. And I'm in the White House, believe it or not, but obviously not the White House in Washington, DC, but here in the little White House on the campus of Everest Academy in Clarkston, Michigan. So I am the chaplain for the Regnum Christi men and women here in the greater Detroit locality. And I'm honored to join you for this Pentecost Meditation Novena. So let's begin with a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon us right now. Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on us, Spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on us and reveal to us in a more profound way the reality of who we are as children of God. Help us to get to know God as Father and Jesus as Lord more and more. And fill our hearts with your love, with your wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel and peace and joy and power. We pray for more divine life to fill us during this Pentecost meditation novena. Help us, Mother Mary, to grow closer to the Holy Spirit just as you were so close to him during your life and even now. And so we want to crown you the queen of this Pentecost meditation novena as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I wanted to share with you uh, how I have come to expect more of the Holy Spirit in my life since I've been here in Detroit for three years now. Some of the Regnum Christi members have attended various conferences together, and we've gone on retreat together, and we've really been inspired to keep asking for more. And so I thought I would read from John's Gospel, chapter 10, where Jesus refers to himself not only as the good shepherd, but also the gate, as we read here in John chapter 10, verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly and in the translation that we read not too long ago on good shepherd sunday it reads more abundantly and it reminded me it reminded me of my time at World Youth Day in 1993 in Denver, Colorado, when Pope, now St. John Paul II, came to Denver, and I attended with my sister and hundreds of thousands of other people. And this was the theme for that World Youth Day, that Jesus came, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So what does that look like? How do we experience that more abundant life that Jesus came to give us, that he won for us. Well, it's really through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we forget about the Holy Spirit and his job of revealing to us who Jesus is and who the Father is and allowing us to participate in their life. I wanted to share a number from the Catechism, number 737. It reads the mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit is brought to completion in the church, which is the body of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit. This joint mission henceforth brings Christ's faithful to share in his communion with the Father in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit prepares men and goes out to them with his grace in order to draw them to Christ. And here is uh, the important line I wanted to highlight. The Spirit manifests the risen Lord to them, recalls his word to them, and opens their minds to the understanding of his death and resurrection. He makes present the mystery of Christ supremely in the Eucharist in order to reconcile them, to bring them into communion with God, that they may bear much fruit. So i like to say it's the Holy Spirit's job to make present The mystery of Christ, to help us to think how he thinks, to allow us to know what he thinks, to allow us to feel how he feels about us and about his Father, and to enable us to act in his name with power and with authority. So there's so much more that God wants to give us. I think so often we sell God so short. I say that a lot. And what does that mean? It means that we underestimate how great God's love is and how he desires to have us share in his life, in his mission, in his glory. All over the Gospels, Jesus is revealing to us his desire to set the world ablaze. Every Gospel writer, every evangelist, references the desire of Jesus to come and set the world on fire that was one of his great reasons for coming was to set the world ablaze with the fire of God's love with the Holy Spirit to baptize us with the Holy Spirit we're Christians we've been baptized that means we're all anointed ones with the anointed one par excellence right when you think about that it's so true that Christ means the anointed one because he received the Holy Spirit in his human nature when he was baptized. And we too, as humans now, share in this divine nature because we were baptized. Adam and Eve did not share in the divine nature like you and I do. A lot of people don't realize that. But even before the fall, Adam and Eve did not have the Holy Spirit. But we do now. We already have been given the promise. We've already been given the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, we already have more than what Adam and Eve had. That's why at the Easter Vigil, we can sing, "O happy fault, O necessary sin of Adam that won for us so great a Redeemer. So the Lord has brought about something new, something better, something amazing that we often don't appreciate. And that's why I said, so often we sell God so short. And in selling God short, we sell ourselves short. We underestimate how amazing we are as sons and daughters of God and what he has called us to, what he wants us to experience. One of the things he wants us to have more of is more joy. It really struck me in these last couple of years how Jesus repeats several times at the Last Supper that he wants us to have his joy. Listen to this. John chapter 15. I'll start at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you. Why? So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full, complete. That's why Jesus is sharing his life with us, not just these words, but his spirit. His Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. What is joy? If you think about it for just a second, what does it mean to be joyful? How is it that we experience joy? Well, one of the ways is just by being in the presence, by abiding with somebody that you know is happy to be with you. God is happy to be with us. Emmanuel, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Son of Mary is happy to be with you and to be with me. And in the Eucharist, Jesus is happy to be with us. He's happy to stay with us. And then through the Holy Spirit, he wants to transmit that joy to us. He wants us to know, to experience for ourselves how he feels about us, so that we too can come to know that we are loved, that we are known, that we are loved, And that no matter what has happened to us, and no matter what we've done, he still loves us. No doubt, one of the obstacles to joy is uh, our sins, but also the sins that were committed against us. It's those wounds that we have. It's those uh, painful memories that we all have. Those painful experiences that we've all lived through that still sometimes weigh on us. They weigh on our hearts they weigh on our minds, and they can cause anxiety. They can cause anger. They can cause shame. They can cause fear. And Jesus doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to live with these burdens. And so the Holy Spirit can actually change the way we think and the way we feel about our past. You know, we can't, obviously, we can't go back and change what happened. But so often, especially When we were younger, we misinterpreted what happened and inevitably we tended to blame ourselves and or we got angry at other people and blamed other people and we haven't been able to forgive other people. We haven't been able to forgive ourselves and so we're stuck and when we're stuck, we can't really be joyful to the full the way that Jesus wants us to be joyful. And so more and more, I've learned to open myself to the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, who's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of love. And he comes in and he reminds me of the truth. And he reminds me that he was always there, that I was always loved, no matter what. Even if in the moment, I didn't feel it, I didn't know it, I didn't realize it, I was overwhelmed for whatever reason, and I had a hard time realizing that God was with me and that I was safe and that I was cared for, well, I can go back in prayer through the Holy Spirit and he can remind me, he can allow me to see what he saw and he can allow me to feel how he felt about me and about that situation. And that's what brings healing. So then I can process what happened from God's perspective and he can reinterpret My history. He can't change it, but he can reinterpret for me what happened and help me to come to grips with it, to have peace, to have forgiveness, and to have joy, to have that life of God grow in me and to be restored in me. Because undoubtedly, when those things happen, when we sin or when other people sin against us, the image that we have of God and the image that we have of ourselves gets distorted. And I pray every day, Lord, please restore and perfect the image that I have of you and of myself so that I can experience the joy that you want me to have, so that I can live this abundant life to the full, the life that you came to offer me through your mercy, through your goodness. So that's a little bit on joy. Let's talk for a little bit about power that God also wants to give us his power. Because once he draws us to himself, once he reveals to us his heart and the love of his heart, and once he heals our divided hearts, then what does he do? He sends us out, right? Especially as Regnum Christi members, we feel called to share the love of God with all men and women, with everybody that God puts in our lives. And God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can do this just like he did. Because when we share the gospel, we're not just sharing a message, right? We're not just sharing words. We're not just sharing arguments with people. But as Dr. Mary Healy here in Detroit likes to say, we're sharing divine life. We're sharing power with others. And so when they receive this power, this life, They come to know God in a more personal way, in a more powerful way, in a profound way that really does transform their lives, that allows them to enter into what I like to call the dynamic of God's dynamic love. And we get this word dynamic and dynamite from the Greek word dunamis. And we're going to read about that right now in Luke's, uh, well, In Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, the Ascension. This is verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, And on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Of course, the Holy Spirit, right? Had the apostles already received the Holy Spirit? Undoubtedly. They were baptized. They were ordained priests. They had already received the Eucharist. So, did they have the Holy Spirit? Of course they did. But there was more. There was something more that they needed in order to carry out this mission that they had just been charged with. The mission of evangelization. The mission of spreading the gospel. The mission of transmitting this new life that they had received. So we're all very familiar with Pentecost, right? I'm just going to drive home this point here. We're familiar with the story of Pentecost. You're going to be reading and reflecting on it for the next nine days. But I also want to highlight Acts chapter 4. So this is just a couple of chapters later, probably just a matter of days after Pentecost. And let's pick it up here. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they were released, they being Peter and John, they were released from prison. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who by the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves in array and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed, the Christ. For truly in the city there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats And grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Does that mean that they hadn't done that before? Of course not. We know the story. On Pentecost morning, Peter spoke more boldly than he had ever done before. And everybody from all over the place was able to understand them in their native tongue. So there were all kinds of signs and wonders taking place on Pentecost Sunday. But things were getting heated. There was new persecution. There were new circumstances. In a sense, the bar was being raised, and so they needed more. The whole community realized that they needed more. They needed more power. They needed more courage. And so what did they do? They did what they had been instructed to do from the beginning, to get together and to pray and to ask for more. And their prayer was answered. Imagine that. And so as we continue to renew the movement, as we continue To unleash the gospel wherever the Lord has us, we shouldn't be afraid to ask for more. We really need to ask for more because we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. It's not just a matter of studying, although that's important. We all need formation. But at the end of the day, we need God. We need his help. We need his grace. We need his power to move us, to inspire us, to heal us, so that we communicate something that is not just from ourselves, but is from God. And then that fire will spread. People will be able to experience for themselves the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. So I really thank you for joining me today. And in closing, I wrote a prayer a couple years ago called Bathe Me With Your Light. And it's chock full of scripture. And so, in closing, I pray this prayer for all of you. Heavenly Father, you are light, and in you there is no darkness. In the beginning, when you created the heavens and the earth, you said, let there be light, and there was light. Lord Jesus, you came into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in you should stay in darkness. I believe that you are the light of the world, and I want to become a child of the light. I want to follow you and have the light of life. I want to live by the truth and come into the light, the true light that darkness has not overcome and that gives light to everyone. Lord Jesus, you came to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire, and to bring fire to the earth. You have called me in righteousness and have taken hold of my hand. Make me a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Lord Jesus, bathe me with your light. Set my heart on fire with the power of your love. Fan into flame the gifts that you have already given me and fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit so that I may be clothed with the armor of light and speak the word of God with boldness. In the beautiful name of Jesus, I declare that I've seen a great light and that a light has dawned in my heart. In the powerful name of Jesus, I proclaim that I am a child of the light and a child of the day and that I'm going to let my light shine before others so that they may glorify my Father in heaven who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light where night shall be no more and where the Lord God will be my light forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, friends.